so today we're going to talk about this question of do we idolize our children? And I have a quote by Ted Tripp, um, and I'll explain kind of the the connection here unless you probably already see it but he says as a parent you must exercise authority you must require obedience of your children because they are called by god to obey and honor you you must exercise authority not as a cruel taskmaster but as one who truly loves them Hmm. so why would we be talking about authority and idolizing our children because i think that when we idolize our children we are not living under the authority of god interesting and therefore Hmm. we are not leading our children to live in obedience and authority to him. So I feel like this quote was very fitting. We are going to get into more of what it looks like to idolize our children um, from our own experience and what what we need to do, what we can do, what the Lord is leading us to do, and how to uh, exercise that authority as parents who love their children mm, and good. want them to know Christ. So we will do that, and we'll see you on the other side. Selena, our culture is so mixed up about children these days. I, mixed up. What do you and here's mean? what I mean by that. On one end of it, okay, we've commoditized childbearing, childrearing to the point of, of atrocity. And I mean that and that we have abortions that are so rampant. Yeah. The people who are not, quote unquote, ready to make that lifestyle change mm-hmm. can end the life of their child. Uh, it's also... Um, the way we talk about children mm. in terms of, and, and the technology around even things like IVF and birth control and all that, the, the, the very notion of child bearing mm-hmm. on, a, on the dark side of the spectrum is, is a commodity. It's a consumer choice. Mm. And uh, Christians even do it. We say, we're not ready for kids. So we're going to use birth control up to X point instead of that's a can of worms. We're not going to open today, but on the other hand, so that's on one end of it. But on the other hand, our culture is so, prone to coddling our young mm. right and, and instead of letting them experience hardship uh we can be uh i don't know we can be overly now i want to be careful because on one end of this we, we can be overly nostalgic and romantic about the past right we can think oh back in the day the kids were just you know outside playing baseball in the sand a lot and it was all fun and games but i will say this there's something especially attractive about playing outside past dark, about skinning your de- your knees daily and getting most of your daily water intake from the long end of the hose, <laughs> right? And that and so, but that's so foreign to kids these days. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember as a kid, and I'm talking about the coddling side. I remember as a kid going outside. It was like after dinner, it'd be like mm-hmm. summer evening, six o'clock, six thirty. Go outside, you kind of break out into the cool evening mm-hmm. air, and there's kids <laughs> playing in the street, mm-hmm. and they're going down the street in bikes and skateboards, and they got basketballs, and and yeah, dinner was just like, can you eat as quick as possible so you can get back out to play? <laughs> yes, and then but nowadays you you go to a neighborhood like that, and you know you'll see young kids out there playing, but most of the teenagers, most of the you know twelve, you thirteen, see four, young kids. you see a few, uh, 14, 15 year old whatnots, but they're inside, they're playing video games, they're on their phones, they're they're off, you know. Well, mall yeah. walking or whatever, <laughs> mall ratting. <laughs> I don't know if malls are still a thing. Uh, so, anyways, we are. So, <laughs> the point is, is <laughs> how we view our kids has been it's it's so twisted on both ends of that spectrum. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we can idolize on either end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so, we want to look here, like, what are some of the ways that we idolize our kids, and you know, how can we kind of reorient our hearts? Yeah. If you don't know who we are, there you go. There we go. I'm Ryan. This is Selena. We are the Fredericks. Thank you for joining us for the Fierce Parenting Podcast and or the YouTube channel. Yeah. Please hit that subscribe button. That would mean the world to us. We're almost to 10,000. We want to go. Maybe we're there by now. I don't know. Might be. This video is a few weeks out. So we'll see. 
Um, so do you want to know where this came from? I know where it came from. I was just going to share that. You don't know where it came from. I know where it came from. Ryan. You were lying. Does not like watching our kids grow up. (laughs) It is one of the most painful things for him. I think, um, I Uh, feel heartless sometimes because I'm just like, Oh, they're growing and they're changing. And maybe though with this last baby, it'll, I will feel a little more, I don't know, sad about it. Um, but I'm also, I don't know, there's just like, there's such a joy. We, Our saying is we don't wish it away and we don't wish it to stay. And that came very early with, I think, our first child because we need to understand the purpose of having children, right? It's not for our own living out of them vicariously. It's not for us yeah. to idolize them. It's not for us to, you know, just be their maid, their chauffeur, their cook, whatever. It, it is, they are arrows in our quiver that the Lord, has, they are blessings that the Lord has given yeah. us. And ultimately, they are in the Lord's hands. We are just stewards of them, stewards in a, a different purpose, a unique purpose as parent. And so, yeah, um, hmm. yeah it, it was convicting for us to understand that these, it's so hard because I, I feel like the process of when you have a little baby, you're so um, connected to them and you have to be, and they, you have to answer all their needs and you have to take care of them because they're so helpless. And so I think it's very easy for us as parents to slip into this idea of idolizing or idolatry, idolizing our kids by serving Um, them, giving them everything and, you know, taking away all their pain and just being the helicopter parent, all those types of things. Here's why we're doing this episode. I need (laughs) us to figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I need to figure this out and I need us to figure this out because we have their pictures of our girls going up up the stairs up to our bedroom. And every time I walk by and I look at it and oftentimes it's like, a dart piercing my heart. <laughs> I have this mug. I, if you're watching heart. the video, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking out of this mug that's got pictures of our kids from a trip we took, uh, what, three two, years, two ago. years ago? Three years before young. Louisa? Two years ago, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Blue. Point is, I don't like looking at it because it hurts my heart. Well, I won't get you those gifts. And then I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> is, this, is this my God failing me? My idol <laughs> failing me? And, you know, and, and that's where the conviction came. In some ways, came. yes. And so, yeah, you, you know, if you... Like you, you, if you worship idols, you become like them, you know, mm-hmm. lifeless, deadless, deathless, lifeless, uh, you know, mute. unable, sightless, <laughs> mute, unable mm-hmm. to hear. And I, I don't want that area of my heart to be blocked off to the word of God and to wisdom of God yeah. in this area. Yeah. So we've asked this question, do we idolize our children and do you listener viewer idolize your children? And so I think to, to answer this, we have to a- ask this question, what is idolatry? Yeah. And I think a knee-jerk, knee-jerk reaction is like, no, oh, I don't idolize my kids. Like, I don't, you know, I'm fine. Right. We're good. Perfect. Mrs. Perfect. Yes, Mrs. Perfect. <laughs> so again, let's define our terms here and let's talk about what is idolatry. Uh, first of all, it's the worshiping of false gods. Now, what do we mean by that? Okay, obviously you don't have an idol in your house <laughs> on your mantle that you've carved out or had right. made out of molten metal. <laughs> yes. Uh, but gods are things that we expect to to function as God in one way or another in our lives and that they, and that they get our affection and our trust and our worship. And so for this conversation, I'll break it down to this is that uh, we can idolization or idolatry. (laughs) Idolization is not a word. (laughs) Idolatry is either rejecting God's law in one way or another or neglecting his worship. Mm. And so, uh, or in this, again, for this conversation is acquiescing to anything that causes us to disobey God. Right. Which is usually our will. Or someone else's versus over God's will. Yeah, so this will be the litmus test for actually knowing, am I idolizing my children, okay? 
is this little tinge in my heart causing me to disobey God in some way? Hmm. And if it is causing me to disobey God in some way by either rejecting his law or neglecting his worship, then I would say, yes, you are idolizing your children. Hmm. You have idolized that child. So what does that mean? So it's a litmus test. Well, yeah. how am I? How am I disobeying God? I still... We well, still that's go- the rejecting the law, the neglecting his worship. We're chilling our... Well, but examples, I guess. Okay. And maybe we should just go into the next... Yeah. How we functionally... Ways we might functionally or how we live out idolizing our children... Um, the first one that you said was fail to discipline or see their sin for what it is. We just did a whole episode on um, for fierce marriage, uh, sexual temptation, how to fight it like a man. And you yeah. talked about the mortification of sin. And so actually seeing sin for what it is, learning to hate it and, and understand how it grieves the Father, uh, our Heavenly Father. So failing to discipline uh, or see the, our kid, children's sin for what it is. Yeah. You had First Kings 1. Is that with David? No. Yeah, yeah David and his... Uh, it, uh, what's his son's Adon- name? Adonijah. Adonijah, I think. And it said that so Adonijah was David's son who wanted to succeed him on the throne. Solomon was supposed to succeed him on the throne. And there's a little verse at the beginning of First Kings one that says that uh, Adonijah's father. I think that's its name. If we're not butchering it, let's go with it. Um, he did not. Uh, uh, he didn't call him on it basically because he didn't want. He didn't. It never upset him in that way. Mm. So didn't call him on it, and it and never. Enraged David him didn't. or inset, right. upset him in that way. Right. Now, I don't want to read too much into that verse. I haven't done an in-depth kind of It just kind study. of triggered you to... So I'm thinking like, yeah, how often do we do we not bring something up to our kids because we, <laughs> don't. we rather enable the wrong behavior or the, the, the maybe the unwise behavior? I don't even know if it's that. I just think we don't want to deal with, we don't want to deal the, with the, the rage monster that's going to come out of it, right? Rage monster. Yeah. Well, if your kids has a rage monster in there, then maybe you dropped the ball earlier on. Maybe. Okay, my three-year-old can rage sometimes. True, so I'm Ad, just saying. Or whatever was yes, not no, an adult man should not have to. Yes, should not be raging. So, I I argue that I think there's two kind of roots for why we fail to discipline our children. Um, one is a lack of knowledge and understanding, and one is just pure laziness. And I'll, the phrase of the first one: I don't know how to discipline my children. Maybe um, you just want to keep the peace, or maybe you came from an abusive home. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I think why some parents feel uh, unequipped to to actually discipline their children they don't know what it looks like they're afraid they're going to continue this pattern um there's just a lack of knowledge and i would just say to that parent as a parent you are now responsible to gain knowledge gain understanding understand what discipline means uh what it means to disciple your children and start engaging in that like that is the purpose that is what the lord is instructing us to do as parents the second part of why we i think why we don't discipline our children while we fail is because we are just lazy i would call it tired guys i'm like nine months pregnant and i it is hard to want to have conversations with my three-year-old again about how she's talking to her sisters how she's treating them uh, and how she's accusing them of things they are not doing at all it is tiring but at the same time we cannot be lazy we have to be vigilant about how we Mm. how we teach them uh how we discipline them and why we discipline them um because we are we don't idolize, we can't idolize the peace that we just desperately want in our home, that the, we, we can't just appease in order to have quiet, right? That's not right. the way forward. There is an idolatry of, of quiet or of, of peace, and it's that I, we will... Uh, we like to worship that will, in our house we sometimes. Put, <laughs> we will put our children on the, on the altar of that idol mm, mm-hmm. and sacrifice them and allow them to live in sin because we'd rather not... 
awaken mm. awaken their fury. Yeah. Um, there's another one I would add to this, and it would kind of maybe piggyback on lack of knowledge or, or, or understanding, and that's maybe a lack of conviction. Yeah, yeah. And so you have parents that they their kids just say, I want to do this, I want to do this. And it's like, well, it's not wrong to do that. It's not, you know. I'm maybe not, it's the way they're. Yeah, it's like you. you okay, so like. I'm trying to think of a good example. I always go back to like extra, extracurricular sports or any, anything like that. And you've got a child who really wants to do, um, oh no, okay, here's a good one. Okay, we had a friend come over, a neighbor come over recently and they sold us Girl, Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. Our middle child wants to be a Girl Scout and I and she goes, that looks like fun, I want to do it. And I don't know anything about the Girl Scouts. I don't know anything, you know a little bit more. Uh, but I basically said to her, I was like, that's a big decision that we need to talk about and we need to figure out that's right in terms of what we believe and it's right for our family it's right in terms of the time it takes and the cost and all that right and i had been invited by this mom to be in this group and at that time i had found out that i was pregnant with our fourth and i was like i just need to get through this first and maybe when we fall into a new rhythm we can revisit that decision um and so that's kind of where we left it yeah but also but if we have no conviction yeah what i'm getting at and i'm not saying that we're perfect but if we have no conviction there's a chance that in that moment you'd say well there's nothing wrong with girl scouts let's just it only costs, you know, $100 a year or whatever. <laughs> Let's do it. And then um, all the while not realizing, and, and Girl Scouts is fairly innocuous, but what if your child wants to uh, take up some other hobby or do, you know, seven nights a week of baseball or whatever yeah. the thing is. Um, and so we, we don't show them the way of the Lord because we're letting them go whatever way that seems they right They desire, to they want it. It sounds like a good okay. thing. It's not really hurting anything. So but again, point, the deeper conviction. There's a point at which that could become idolatry. Yeah. And it's not... It's not hard and fast. It takes discernment, and as a parent, you you'll have to know. And but I think part of that plays into like the family vision, and understanding what you're you're con- convicted by and and why. Um, anyways, we can go. Yeah, go check that episode. Um, out. <laughs> another way we fail to discipline uh, is we say let them make their own choices. They're their own individual, right? <laughs> and this comes into effect maybe later on in. in right, stages. I think yeah. This I think is one of the main reasons we have a lot of uh, kids. They're lacking direction in their life uh, because we've given them the privilege too early, I think. And we haven't actually yeah. parented them and discipled them uh, to help them make their own choices. We've just said, here, go make. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Um, as as they grow, yes, again, they should be exercising their ability to make their own choices, but not from the start. Our three year old, she would sit and watch TV and eat candy all day. I would do that if I could. <laughs> she's very much, you know, in that stage. We do that together. Hedon, being a hedon. It would be great. <laughs> um, she's a dictator, you know, but we have to help her understand that although this desire may not be bad in the moment, it becomes disobedient when you constantly bring it up. You're constantly arguing with the answer that I have mm. given you. Uh, and, and this is not, you don't get to make your own choice. You're not mature enough. You have not, you have not showed me that you can be entrusted with this sort of privilege. Mm. And so again, it's training, um, it's teaching them, you know, helping them rise and letting them fail at certain levels so that they can understand, okay, wow, I fell short here. I guess I'm not quite ready to make that decision yet. And so um, I think it's just, yeah, we can't, we do them a disservice. That's good. Uh, The next way that we can fail to discipline or see their sin for what it is, is we say to ourselves, well, they need their own privacy. (laughs) Because they're growing and they need to be able to have privacy, right? Okay, <laughs> granted, okay, they, they need privacy in places like the bathroom and the shower, and they. Uh, but 
we can sometimes take this notion of privacy into places where kids have no business having privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, things like the internet, things <laughs> like having their own phone, things like us not like not feeling like we can ask them, who are you talking to? Yeah. Or, who are you texting? Or right? let me see your internet history or yeah. like, cause a kid, if they're smart and they're, and they've got the, the, the vernacular to do it, they'll say, you're not respecting my privacy. That's mm-hmm. my business. You're you're invading my privacy. And as a parent, you're like, <gasps> like I feel like my parent, my child is saying I'm betraying them. <laughs> and so immediately we will we will shrink back unless we have the conviction that says, listen, I'm the parent, you're the child. You I pay for this phone. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have, you don't have the the brain power, yeah. literally. You don't have the developmental brain right. power. Right, to handle prefrontal frontal cortex, whatever you want to call it. I forget what it is. To take all this in in a way that is healthy. Right. You have no governor for this sort of thing. Right. So no, you do not get privacy. You don't get your own computer in your room. You or don't TV. get your own phone yeah. in bed. You don't get free reign. You know, and so I think sometimes we can use this blanket statement of they deserve, they need privacy yeah. as almost an, an excuse to to relegate the responsibility. Mm. And, yeah, because uh, I think it can be difficult. raise them in the, the nurture and admonition of the Lord right. in that area of their life. Right. And uh, again, Gospel Tech has a great... He lays it out so the just yeah. how to navigate those hard conversations, how to even head them off at the past, oh, how man. to begin having tech in your home. We're working uh, on publishing a book with them. So, so great. Um, okay, so and then tyrants in the home. Talk about that a little bit. What do you mean by that? <laughs> um, well, when we fail to discipline our children and we fail to see their sin for what it is, we are just uh, <laughs> grooming their ego, basically. We, God's word is clear on how we're supposed to raise our children. We are, as Christians, we are training them, we're discipling them, we're disciplining them uh, in the ways of the Lord. Uh, we are not going to do them any favors by indulging their every whim. Mm. Again, we're not cooks, we're not chauffeurs, we're not their maids. We are the parent. Um, God has instructed us. He's purposed us in this role. So we need to obey and step into it. Again, stepping under, coming under his authority, like we said at the beginning of this episode with Ted Tripp's quote, under this authority that Christ loves me. I, He is God. I am not. I'm going to come under this authority. I'm going to learn to obey because truly he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want, I, I need to live under his obedience. Mm. So Again, taking that to the next generation of our children, teaching them that they cannot be self-focused. They, they cannot, it cannot mm-hmm. only be about them, that it has to be about others. I mean, Christ loved us. Christ looked at us. I'm, I'm laughing. He's the ultimate example of, yeah. go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm just laughing because our oldest, uh, it was cereal for breakfast this morning because we oh, had I a busy it, morning. Yeah. And she goes, none of the, like the, the cereal they like is gone and they have the honey <laughs> bunches of oats or something is left. And I was like, just have that cereal. She goes, I don't like the, I don't like the nuts. I was like, <laughs> they're almonds. I was like, don't be like that. <laughs> like, don't be the kid that doesn't eat almonds. <laughs> like, like, trust me, just learn to like the various facets of the cereal and other meals and it will go much better. And so like, I wasn't going to say, okay, we'll pick out the almonds. Like, no, Seriously? eat the almonds. Yeah. It's a last resort here, people. <laughs> Learn to like them. <laughs> we had a crazy but day. I, uh, that's kind of a silly <laughs> example, but I think sometimes we can idolize our kids in a way that we accommodate them to the nth degree so they think that the world should accommodate them. Now, is it a them. sin to take almonds out of your kid's cereal? Not at all. It's not a sin to do that, especially if they have an allergy, right? I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice to do that if they have an allergy. <laughs> Uh, but the question is, where's the heart orientation in yeah. that? And do we acquiesce in other areas that are maybe, does that lead to them expecting accommodation in other yeah. areas? And yeah. so 
we just have to be head on a swivel thinking through this with discernment. So that was a big category. Okay, so we might functionally idolize our children by failing to discipline them or seeing their sin for what it is right. in those various ways that we just laid out. A next way we could functionally idolize our kids is through my vice, which is regret <laughs> and sadness as they grow. Okay, and this is, is one thing to feel kind of this, what's the word? Like, an, like not nostalgia, but like a sweetness and a little bit of a, of a sadness Better, as you yeah. see them grow. Yeah. I walk by a ba- picture of them as a baby. I'm like, oh, that was just so sweet. But then to want and despair over that. Right. And then to not want to go and look at those pictures because it causes <laughs> you to be sin- or to be too sentimental. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like feeling things. Maybe I just you I just feel to, too to, deeply. Whereas I'm just like deeply. my heart's too hard. So the Lord's still <laughs> chipping away at my my heart self preservation over here. That's why you keep having babies. So instead of <laughs> instead of being grateful and praising God for their growth, we become I said narcissistic because it's all about. Oh, thanks for that. Us and our feelings as they're growing up. Okay, I whatever. <laughs> I don't right. think I don't mean like I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that you're narcissistic, but I part of me. I think if that's all that you're thinking about, then I'm like, well, you're missing, you're missing some. Parts, I was actually right? being ministered to until you called okay, me. Okay, sorry, I wasn't calling you. Because you said instead of being grateful, we instead of being grateful, and, and then you said God this, for their growth. You wrote this: children are arrows. We're never meant to keep them. They have to be fired. They have to be aimed and fired. Yeah, they've always belonged to God, and we are stewards with a unique role. But they have to be fired. Yeah, and that is good. That's for their health. It's for the glory of God. It's for our own health. Yeah. Um. I just wish it could happen more slowly. Can can we slow down time? There are some days that don't feel very slow. So feel, they feel they do feel slow. Is what you're trying to say? Some Sorry, feel they very feel slow. very slow. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Thank okay. you. So number that's you're the second not way. a narcissist. Okay. Well, thank you. I just don't. I think this is why we're good for each other because he feels things. I think at a a deeper level. And it's good, and I, I feel it, but I'm like phenomenal. But then you kind of like bounce to the next <laughs> thing. You're like, look, beautiful sunset. What's what else? And I'm like, look at that sunset. Isn't it just for and you've okay? Gone. <laughs> Prime example. We will go. I've grown in this area. We'll go to like a museum or something. He is ten, like ten. What do you call those? Like plaques back. Yeah, plaques back. Reading every single word, talking about everything, absorbing it. I've grown in this area. And I'm like, wow, look at this thing. Wow, look at that. <laughs> like, I'm a little bit squirrel, you know, when it comes to certain things. So God is growing us. We're, you okay. know, we deal with regretness, regretfulness and sadness All right, as well. we can. Uh, the next one is we fail uh, to expose them to pain, suffering, and hardship. What do you mean by that? Are you making your kids hurt? <laughs> That's the first thing people are thinking. No. No, uh, we're just letting them kind of. You know, get their natural consequences, get their bumps and bruises a little bit. Yes. Now we don't want them to obviously fall into a raging rapids and die. Of we don't course want that. not. Right. Uh, but you know, like being out in the cold. Uh, yeah. You know, you how just, is this idolatry? I don't know. Um, well, we're trying to we're trying to keep them from suffering, and I think that, the okay, Bible t- teaches us what about suffering that it is good for us, that it's good for our our hearts and our souls too. By discipline, we know the Father loves us. Yes. And so I think one of the ways, suffering though. So there's two ways to think about this in yeah. terms of letting your child increase their capacity for for suffering. Uh, there's the am I overly protective or am I relegating my responsibility to yeah. discipline them proportionately to right. their the level of sin in their heart? Because it can be tempting to uh, again to minimize the sin and not discipline. We talked about that earlier. Now, is it idolatry to be overly protective of them? Uh, here's an example: if they are uh, needing to go, I'm thinking of, um, 
when they get to that age where it's time for them to go uh, and do something like uh, be a part of a church youth group and they're nervous, and that'll be good for their sanctification, be good for their character mm-hmm. development. It'll be good for them to deal with some of the hardship. You're really good at this. As, as I don't know, as a mom, I think I struggle with those. When That's I so when I see my kid not like nailing it and doing well and all that, I'm like, well, maybe this isn't the right thing. Like that's my first inclination. I've grown in that because of you because you're like, no, this is good for them. It was like jumping off the boat with their life jacket on. The girls. Are you sinning by not letting your kid jump off no, the boat? That's, so they <laughs> yes, were, you are. They were afraid. What, who was afraid? I think Louisa was afraid this last summer. She was afraid. She's just hot. It's a hot day. Oh yeah. We don't have any shade, and she would not get in the water. And we're like, kid, this is the only thing that is going to help you. And you're like, we just need to like grab her arms, dip her in, and get her in there, and let her swim with me, and all of that. Yeah. And so she hated it, and then she loved it. She hated it, but it, she grew so much. And then she could, we couldn't keep her out. And of Then the water. we couldn't keep yeah. her out. And so there's there's. Exposed. Pushing them out of the nest a little bit is, is I think, parents need to discern when to do that yes. and, and work together. The question is, are we idolizing? There could be a point at which you don't want them, like, going off to college, right? Mm. Like, if they feel called to go to college and it makes sense and you say, I'm not going to send you to college, I'm not going to support you in that because, I, I don't know, because I'm afraid basically sure. for you. I'm not willing to trust you. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, I just think that there's there can be parents out there that are just wanting mm. to preserve the happiness the they want to they don't want their kids to have feel any pain physically emotionally you know there's just this ideal if i can just preserve and protect then they'll have the best chance at flourishing right and so Mm, that's a lie there's right and and the bible teaches us differently you know it's through suffering and hardship and fire that we are refined yeah there's no guarantee that your whatever platform you give them from which to spring forth into life is going to guarantee whatever outcome you're hoping for all, All right, right, this one's last one. maybe we buried the lead on this one, but how <laughs> we can idolize our children is through marital neglect. Yes. Okay, so some clear examples. Um, lack of connection or intimacy because we're always focused on the kids, right? It's all about the kids. Mm. Kids are asleep. Oh, I'm tired. Okay, good night. Don't yeah. touch me. <laughs> I'm spent. <laughs> you- Leave me alone. <laughs> Where are you hearing these things? <laughs> Not from you, actually, okay, but I've well. heard the caricature. Um, but the point is, is I don't like to laugh. It just some of it sounded a little familiar. I was like, mm. <laughs> you, you're really sweet in that way. But the point is, is that we can sometimes spend. Now there's a, a very real sense that it's exhausting raising kids. Yeah. So you shouldn't feel bad Young if you're kids. tired at the end of the yeah, day. There's, yeah. And but if there's a sense <clears throat> that you are okay with this being the norm, hmm. to the detriment of your marriage, then yeah. you've got an, a disordered a disordered love. Now we're yeah. strong proponents of. Like your spouse should be the priority. If, if it comes to between, if it's between you and the girls, like it's you every time. Right. And they know this. And they we know that. It's like, things. I love you with all the love I have to give to a wife. And that's primary over all the love I have to give to the kids. Right. You know, I'm obviously, thankfully, I don't have to choose between the two. I can still love them and love you at the same time. But if it comes <laughs> down to it, like I'm carting the kids off to Grammy's house so I can connect with my wife. Right. Or you're silencing one or two of the children that are running rampant because we're trying to have a conversation. That's, you're that's asking, a good, that's a, that's one, a yeah. daily one that we have. Yeah. Um, marital neglect, again, chauffeuring kids around, leaving little time for you as a couple. Uh, it's all about you and the kids. I would, I would argue, and I think you're on board with this, is that if you're Bible reading, your engagement with scripture and your engagement with worship on Sunday morning as a family, um, due to whatever activity or whatever the season is, if that is suffering, uh, then you have a lack of boundaries and you are neglecting not only your marriage, but your your worship with God. Yes, I'm saying that 
while almost having a baby. Why am I saying that? Do I not know the season that is coming? No, I am very familiar with this season as it's being our fourth child. And I asked a friend, I said, how do you keep in the word when you're nursing a newborn? Or you, you have three other kids. And she said, there's seasons for everything. Maybe in those seasons you are meditating mm. and memorizing, you know, a little bit of scripture. And that's, that is your time with the Lord while you're nursing, you can pray while you're nursing, yeah. you can worship while you are, you know, changing diapers, you can meditate on whatever yeah. verses that the that's Lord good. has given you. So it doesn't always have to be like a three hour devotional ride in your journal, which was something I had to learn early on with our first, because I felt like I wasn't, I was neglecting the Lord because well, and that's my a trap because spiritual you'll never life get looked there different. No, you never will. Until no. you, until the season of life changes. Right. So you, and so it just ends up being this vicious cycle of right. failing, self-talk, I'm a failure. Now I failed again. I'm a failure. I failed again. And there's no way out of it right. other than just saying, maybe my expectations are wrong. <laughs> uh, but and so yes. cause what happens is in that the, you've, effectively then uh shot yourself in the foot and now you're not in the word at all because you're too busy you know feeling bad about it right um the last two things here that can uh be hurtful to your marriage is just your uh your deep need for others approval and then just living vicariously through your children uh can really again drive your focus towards your children and not towards your ordered love of god and your spouse um yeah in other ways you could also if you're not on the same board in terms of on the same page in terms of discipline yeah it could be divisive if, say, one spouse thinks, oh, they need to be grounded now, and you're saying, no, they don't, and I'm not with you in it. I'm not mm. going to compromise. Instead, I'm on the child side. Therefore, now you've... Right, there's division. There's a time to talk through those things, and but there's also a sense in which that can become idol, it, it, idolatry because you're forsaking... Well, and, you know, Doug and Nancy Wilson talked about how they never disagreed, like, in front of the children. If he said something, it went, even if it was maybe wrong at the time but they would talk about it behind closed doors because they always wanted to have a unified front with their children anyways just throwing that out there yeah. something to be talked about or thought about and on that note we don't uh what, what i say is like i don't uh, i don't negotiate with terrorists is what i say to because if they start when know, they act like terrorists you just lost because i don't negotiate with terrorists <laughs> and i will win <laughs> don't don't worry i love my kids very much and they know it so, so much yeah. can be said maybe we'll talk about this more in terms of how to navigate the season of young kids and not without losing the connection with your spouse because that that can be a pretty yeah, tricky yeah at times talk about that yeah we should probably will be in that season <laughs> very quickly yeah. just a, i guess a final encouragement is if you if you are not sure if you're idolizing your children like pray and ask the lord to open your eyes to an area where you might be being disobedient or or not you know, putting your, your spouse as a priority or making God and his word and gathering with the saints a priority. Ask him to open your eyes to that and to lead you in that. Go to your spouse, talk about the issues and how you guys can resolve it. And also go to your church community, talk Mm -hmm. to your pastor, your leader, those people that are those Christian community that are distinctively in your life and know you, um, find guidance, find instruction, be humble, never do it alone. You don't have to. And so with that, I guess just, just be encouraged that, at some level, I think we all oh, we all sure. struggle with I, this idolizing of our children. I've learned today. Thank you, because that idea of like our children are meant to be sent, not hoarded and kept mm. for ourselves, but they need to be sent. And that that is something to look forward to is mm. that that time of seeing them being sent out into the various phases of, of their own walk mm. with Christ and their own being on mission with Christ, whatever that means for them yeah. and their family. Mm. That to me is more compelling than having a, two, a you know a three month old or a two a two year old, like that's more compelling to see what's going to happen in their lives, and all the while we're getting old and wrinkly, 
And mm. I would not, uh, no one else would rather exactly. do it. Exactly. Here we are. So let's do it. Uh, if if you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. If you haven't trusted Jesus, we want you to trust Jesus because he's the only way to have peace mm. with God and to have eternal salvation with God and to, frankly, have peace with things like this, mm-hmm. right? To understand there's a context within which we deal with this mm. type of sorrow so and, to, and, and, and then turn that into joy. And so maybe you witnessed that a little bit here today, my sorrow. It's very deep and it's very real. I hope you get that sense. But it's been turned a little bit into joy today, and I hope that continues. Mm. Uh, We want to see you continue down that path of learning what it means to place your faith in Christ. We have a website for you. It's this. It's thenewsisgood.com. And the good news, of course, is referring to the good news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Go to that website. You'll learn all about it. And I pray that you you trust Jesus with your soul because he is trustworthy. Now let's pray again. Lord, thank you for our children. Help us to love them in the right order. Help us to love Mm -hmm. you most. Help us to love our spouse. Help us to love them well, faithfully, without compromising, without giving them anything that you deserve. That is trust. That is our joy. Mm -hmm. That is our worship. Lord, I would thank you, though, for our children. We pray that you help us steward the little hearts well so that they might flourish and they might glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this episode of Fierce Parenting is see you again in seven days or maybe longer. So we're, 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 we're batching the episodes here. If you don't see us for a while, you'll know why. It's because of, because of Selena. <laughs> I blame her. <laughs> and I blame him. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you whenever we see you. So until next time. Stay fierce.